0: Tuesday. I hope you guys are doing well. I know this is a rough time for a lot of people. It can be bittersweet around the holidays. I pray that you guys find peace. So I did a live FB, which is Facebook, on Friday. Just explaining that I have two Facebook pages. One is my personal page. And one is going to be solely for my podcast, any updates about my episodes or any interviews that I may be doing and anything regarding my journey of Sheree merchandise that will be coming very soon. I have some things in the making, folks. Also to rem- also remember to like, comment, or share all of my posts and episodes that you come across on social media and also to the ones that I send a link to you via text message. Would you be so kind as to pass it along to whoever you think may enjoy listening. Thank you. Word of mouth is a powerful thing. As always... Everything I talk about will be from my perspective, my opinion about my life. You will never hear me mention someone's name in a negative manner. And if I ever choose to mention a name, it will only be about good things. Thank you ladies so much for the two questions that I have received that I'm going to answer right now. The first question was, did you and your friend that was in your apartment remain friends after that incident happened with that man? Good question. Yes, we actually did remain friends for many, many years after that. Up until recently, we both experienced some difficult times that put a strain on our friendship. But God and forgiveness heals all wounds. I hope I answered your question. The second question. You make forgiveness sound so easy. Why is that? That's a good question as well. Oh, by no means is forgiveness easy. By no means at all. And it doesn't even happen overnight. It actually happened for me at different times in my life. But make no mistake about it. it It's very hard. It was really hard for me to forgive certain people and situations. Because I'm a very stubborn person. I'm a Taurus. And I'm very sensitive at the same time. So it was always a fight within myself whether or not someone deserves my forgiveness but then I realized forgiveness is for you not for them so once I completely understood that then it became easier for me to forgive and it feels so much better when you learn how to forgive I pray that my answers helped you ladies I appreciate all the questions that I have received so far Continue to send them via my email, journeyofsheree at gmail.com or in my inbox at Facebook or also my DM on IG at journey underscore of underscore sheree and I would choose two questions every week in the following episode. I will answer the questions as I just did just now. Next week will be episode six, and I will be going live to answer about 10 questions. So make sure you submit them to one of those three places that I just mentioned earlier, Facebook, Instagram, or my email. And if you have my personal number, and if you're more comfortable with sending your questions that way, by all means, that's fine with me. I really, really appreciate all you guys out there for tuning in every week. Numbers don't lie. I never remove any episodes, so if you ever miss any of them, you can always go back to listen. Thank you guys so, so, so much. This has been a scary journey, a great journey, and I am just very humble by the outpour of support and love that I have been receiving since I started my podcast on November the 10th, which is roughly close to one month ago. Do you guys remember I said, I'm I'm what you call (laughs) a roll runner, beep beep? Meaning, when life used to get the best of me and bad things would happen, bad breakups, death, anything that felt draining, I would run. Some people call it leave. I call it running from my problems. So when I broke my lease to move back to Philly... I don't recall how long I stayed, but it wasn't long. Just long enough to clear my head and to bounce back. One thing I know how to do is to bounce back from hard times, thank God. So, I ended up moving back home to New York after some period of time. I went back to my old job at the hospital that I loved. I love that hospital to this day. I even still talk to some of my coworkers. Old coworkers, that is. Some of them even listen to this podcast. I ended up getting another apartment and I stayed single for a while. And I just partied, worked, and went to school to become a nurse around this time I was working full time partying full time I didn't have any kids so why not go hard that was my motto I was working from 3 in the afternoon to 3.30 at night and I was in school in the morning 5 days a week I was doing good in the beginning all while burning myself out not to mention, my dad lived at a t- like in the town of Poughkeepsie, and he didn't have his license at the time. So I would go visit him all the time, take him to places that he needed to go. I absolutely loved my dad, so it didn't matter to me. Whatever he needed, if I could help, I was there. If he needed it, I made it happen, and vice versa. My father and I came a long way. We weren't always on speaking terms. My dad did some horrible things when I was a child. And it took me a long time to forgive him. But I eventually did. Maybe I was around, maybe 19 years old. It wasn't easy. Because my dad is a my dad was a piece of work you hear me but again forgiveness is necessary in order to move forward and I'm so grateful that we were able to build a wonderful relationship many years before his passing so at this time I'm still doing everything full time working full time partying full time school full time so one day I don't know where I was at I forget actually I met this guy who eventually ended up becoming my fiance we met and everything was great I mean besides his family I was his best friend as well. We did damn near everything together, literally. We partied together. We went everywhere together. We talked about everything. Well, as much as we wanted each other to know. Let's keep it real. My family loved him, including my dad. My brother still calls him his brother to this day. His family loved me. And they still do. He came from a big family and his siblings all adored him and me. We were together for about, I want to say, five years. He threw me the dopest 25th birthday party. It was all love. We had a great time. Life was good with him. He used to help me study many nights when I had to take a test the next day. I mean, we used to try to pull some all-nighters. Nursing school was hard. If I didn't pass a test, he would do something so thoughtful for me to feel better, and it always worked. There was times that... (laughs) I just couldn't keep my eyes open while I was studying. And he would stay up and he would finish it for me. He would study, read, take notes for me. Yeah, we was we was what you would call a good team. He also used to make sure, like if I had to be in school, excuse me, and my dad needed to go somewhere, he would go make sure that my dad was taken care of in any way that he could. I remember the day he proposed to me. We were at his aunt's house. And he bent down acting like he was going to tie my shoe. And I looked down and he was on one knee. It was a special night. The right people was there to witness it. Love is a beautiful thing when it's real. It wasn't always perfect, though. But we both were 25 years old and living our life on our terms. We experienced many things together. Life and death being being just one of the many things. We will forever remember each other. We experienced a lot of tragedies together. One day, I was at work and I received a call from a police officer telling me that my dad was in a hit and run accident. This was in 2008. I remember because he passed away 10 years later in 2018. The police officer told me my dad was riding his bike on a dirt road with his lights on his bike like he normally does. And a drunk driver hit him and left him for dead on the side of the road. I left work and got to the other side of town in no time. I worked at one hospital, he was in another hospital. The sheriff was waiting for me when I arrived at the hospital. When I seen the sheriff, he started taking off his hat, which I thought was a sign that someone died. So I collapsed in his arms. finally got myself together and as we were walking to the emergency room they rolled this man past me in a bed and I was like oh my god what happened to him I hope he doesn't die because how bad he looked not knowing the whole time that was my dad I couldn't recognize him it took them forever, well at least it felt like forever to me, to allow me to see him. My fiance was right by my side. I was pacing in the waiting room of the ER for about two hours. They tried to prepare me for what I was going to see, but it was pointless When I was finally able to get to see my dad, goodness, he was unrecognizable. The only way that I knew it was him was because my dad was a Masonic and he had his ring on. And so that's how I was able to tell that was my father. I got sick everywhere. I just, ugh, sick. I was crying. I was screaming. It was horrible. He needed emergency surgery, but they had to wait a certain amount of time to make sure he was stable. They couldn't take any chances that he would pass away on an operating table. I was my father's beneficiary. So I had to make a lot of life and death decisions. One being his leg was shattered. And the doctors told me if it came down to your dad's life or his leg. Because my dad was very active. He played golf, basketball, you name it. He was very active. I told those doctors, that, not e- that wasn't even a question. I would handle my dad waking up cursing me out about him losing his leg. Opposing me losing him. I understood the question. And I understood that they needed to ask it. But you don't have to ask that when it comes to my father. So of course I said take the leg. Ironically, I did End up losing my dad 10 years later. But not because of that accident. Needless to say. After being in surgery. For about 8 hours. They were able. To save his leg. And his life. And on that same day. I ended up dropping out of nursing school. While my dad. Was in surgery. I went to school to take this huge test. It was huge. I failed it. My mind wasn't there at all. My grandmother told me, you go take that test, your father will be fine. He'll be here when you get back. So, I went, and like I stated, I failed miserably. Then I was too embarrassed to go back to school. And I knew that I was going to have to take care of my dad when and if he came out of his coma. He was in a coma for two weeks. His mom flew in from California My mom drove up from Philly. All of his siblings came into town. Mind you, the whole time my fiance was working, taking care of the bills, while trying to be there for me. I think around that time, I started to feel like something changed between me and him. We were spending less and less time together. And I was focused on my dad and less focused on him. It was hard to do both things. Not too many good things will come from a situation like that when you start neglecting your partner. I mean, of course I had to take care of my dad. And I, and I just didn't know how to find a balance at that time. I would stay at the hospital until they made me go home and be right back. First thing in the morning, before the visiting hours even started, I was in the waiting room, waiting for them to call me. I was very dedicated to my father and less dedicated to my fiancé. So my dad started making progress and my relationship was doing the opposite. Before you knew it, it was my dad taking his place, and someone was taking my place with him. Mind you, this is many years later that I'm able to accept I played a major role in why and how my relationship. With the person I was engaged to. Why it ended. Back then I blamed him for everything. And it wasn't only his fault. It was mine too. Don't get me wrong. He deserves some of the things I said and did. But I wasn't no angel. Difference is he got caught and I didn't. And it was easy for me to blame him for everything because his wrongdoing surfaced and mine didn't. Even though my wrongdoing wasn't to the extent of his. Wrong is wrong. Either way, you cut it. After maybe one and a half months of my dad being in the hospital and months of physical therapy, he was back to his normal self other than having a bad leg for the rest of his life. My father's horrible accident brought us so much closer. And unfortunately, me and my fiance went our separate ways. It was a bad breakup. And I have a tendency to separate myself from everyone in my ex's family. I find it better for me to heal that way. It doesn't make it right. But as I'm healing... I ended up... destroying... some some relationships... with some of his family members. That's really not a good way to handle things. I mean... I understand you have to put your feelings first. But it definitely is an act of selfishness on my part. Because I wasn't thinking about anyone else's feelings besides my own. I was just trying to get over him. But in the process of doing that, I hurt a lot of people. I have apologized to a few of them over the years. And it's been love ever since. I told you I had to learn how to forgive and learn how to ask for forgiveness. They both are hard to do, especially when you let your ego and your pride lead you. Forgiveness and egos don't operate well. When you put them up against each other, they really don't operate well. I had to learn how to admit when I was wrong. And learn how to forgive when someone has done me wrong. I work on it all the time. To this day, it's a constant thing for me. I have to work on that. I'm not perfect. And neither is anybody else. But one thing. Constantly try to do is work on forgiveness because just for me I think that everybody deserves to be forgiven now I don't think that you can constantly you should constantly keep forgiving someone for the same thing over and over again is that part just doesn't sit well with me. But I think you should practice forgiveness. Because there's going to be a time in your life that you are going to need to be forgiven for something. And not for nothing. You're going to think that you deserve to be forgiven. But you got to remember, if it's hard for you to give, it might be somebody else out there hard to forgive you. And again, forgiveness is for you. And once you learn how to do that, when I tell you it's a beautiful thing, it's like you move so differently. Your thought process changes. Your heart is different. Because there's just certain things I just can't get to you. It just doesn't matter at some point what people do or what they don't do. And so I constantly remind myself that forgiveness is for you. And so when I encounter situations to this day, Of someone that has done something to me that cut so deep. I have to take a step back. And I also think about the part that I played in it. And it's not easy to own your shit. It really isn't. It's actually very hard. But I choose to own my stuff. And it can change the dynamic of whatever the situation may be. At the time when you're able to have a conversation with someone and just accept your wrongdoing, that might even make it easier for the person to accept what it is they did to you. And so that's how I choose to live my life. I choose to live my life with a forgiving spirit. It helps me when I tell you it helps me. It helps me. It allows me to let go of some things that I normally would have held on to. So I challenge you guys to work on forgiveness for yourself. Just start somewhere. Maybe start with the smallest situation and try to figure out how to forgive that person for doing whatever it is they may have done. And then just put yourself in that situation. And think about what it is that you would want somebody to do for you in that situation. And I'm sure the word would be forgiveness. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode. This was episode five, y'all, of Journey of Cherie. And I thank you guys so very much. A million times over, I truly, truly, truly thank you guys. So remember to follow, like, share, comment on this episode. And until next time, take care of yourself. And I will do the same. Cheers. I just want to say that this podcast is needed not only for women that's been through trauma, but for some of these men, they can learn a thing or two about how their actions um, affect women. Not only during that present time that these things are happening or whatever they're doing, but also in the future. So it's not only for women, it's for men as well. And Sheree, I love you. You're doing an awesome job. And please keep it up. Good evening. Happy Tuesday, everyone. Welcome to Journey of Sheree. This is episode six. I hope you guys are doing well. It's almost Christmas, which will be a joyous time for some. But for others, the holidays will be difficult. I just pray that God gives you the strength to get through it. As many of you may know, last week I did a live Q&A on Facebook. I loved it. Although I got a little bit emotional, but I pulled myself together. It was so fun, so I decided to do it again in a few weeks. But this time, I would do it on Instagram. So maybe you know, just swap back and forth. So make sure you're following me on all platforms. On Instagram is journey underscore of underscore Cherie. and on Facebook is my Journey of Cherie page, and my email is sm at journeyofere.com. Remember to keep sending me your questions and on every episode I will read and answer two of them like I'm about to do in a few minutes. Also as always everything I talk about is from my perspective and my opinion not to mention these are things that I've had, that I have experienced and I made a decision. To share my story with the world knowing that many people will judge which doesn't bother me and many people will listen to understand and those are the people that I pay attention to so thank you to everyone either way also as many may already know I launched my website on Saturday yay which is called Journey of Sharia. So www.journeyofsheree.com. Once you go on my website at the bottom of the page you will see the Journey of Sheree logo and you just click on that and it will take you directly to my podcast where you will be able to listen to all my episodes. Also, in the near future I will be selling Journey of Sheree merchandise That you will be able to purchase on my website as well. Things like masks, hoodies, shirts, keychains, tumblers, dog tags, and journals. So stay tuned for that. And God willing, I will be done writing my book by the end of next year. Maybe early 22. These days, (laughs) I find myself very busy. But in the midst of all of that, I still make time for self. Always make time for yourself, guys. It's so necessary. Self love. I have another announcement. I booked my first guest for my podcast. Yay! I'm so excited. This woman is a dear friend of mine's. I have known her since I was a little girl. She has a powerful and inspiring story. And I'm forever grateful to her for allowing me to interview her. She's a 42-year-old praying and devoted mother of four beautiful children. Plus a bonus daughter. And she is fighting stage four cancer. This will be next week's episode. Which is December the 29th. At 630. So please tune in. You don't want to miss it. Thank you for agreeing to do this. Jenny from the Black. Okay, so now for my two questions. First question. What are you holding on to that you need to let go of? Hmm. I don't know if I'm holding on to anything anymore. But you know what? If I'm going to be completely honest... I let go of a lot of resentment towards people. One person in particular, my son's father. And that's a big part of the reason why I'm able to do this episode. Thank you for that question. I hope I answered it for you. Next question. What are you afraid of? Because it doesn't seem like you're afraid of anything. (laughs) Really? Wow. I would love to know why you think that if you don't mind. But I'm afraid of a lot of things. One thing in particular, I didn't get my license until I was 27 years old because my fear Is that I would die in a car accident. And that fear hindered me. For a lot of years. That's what fear does to you. So I try my hardest. Not to let fear control my emotions. It ain't easy though. Trust me it ain't easy. These were really good questions. Thank you guys. Continue to submit your questions via email or Facebook or Instagram. Or if you have my phone number, you could just send that way. I don't mind that way either. I love questions that make me think. So continue to send them. I remember when I found out I was pregnant. I was back home in New York at my favorite white-haired lady's Which is my grandmother, her 70, if something, I won't mention her age. But I was at my grandmother's birthday party. You know what they say, never tell a woman's age. (laughs) A lot of my family members ended up sick that weekend. So we went to the hospital and everyone had a stomach virus but me. My ass was seven excuse me, was sixteen weeks pregnant. I couldn't believe it, and neither could my family. I never thought that I would have any children for many reasons. One being that I had precancerous cells when I was around twenty-one or twenty two. And I needed to have a procedure down there. Another reason being, I'm familiar with how abortions work, so I've never seen children in my future. I remember calling my younger brother and his girlfriend at the time to tell them they were so happy for me, and then I I also called my son's father And he was like a kid in a candy store. That made everything in that moment worth it for me. I didn't have a good pregnancy though. I was in and out of the hospital for all different reasons. The first time I was admitted into the hospital was when my son's father and both of our mothers went to find out the sex of our child. Mind you. I was on my lunch break and I never made it back to work until my son was around six weeks old. The doctor told us that I didn't have a long enough cervix to hold a child full term. So if I didn't have emergency procedure to sew my cervix shut, then I would lose my child because I was less than 24 weeks pregnant. So I had this surgery and they told me that it could help me carry my son to nine months or it might only carry me for another week. They said the goal is to at least get me to 24 weeks. And if I had my son that early, he could have survived. But he would have been disabled. So, of course, the person that I am, I said, well, I guess I need to do my research on all these things that you're telling me might be wrong with my son. Because I ain't never scared, (laughs) especially when it comes to how I love my son. So I was out of work on bed rest for the remainder of my pregnancy, which was close to five months. It was a very difficult pregnancy, but I absolutely loved being pregnant, especially because I only gained eight pounds. God is good. <laughs> it's something beautiful. Beautiful about a woman carrying a child. A lot of us have this beautiful glow. I did. I loved it. I would do it all over again. And I plan on doing it all over again one day. My mom and my stepfather and my son's mom mom was very supportive during my pregnancy. Me and my son's father lived together for a little while during my pregnancy, but I needed more help. So I moved in with my mom and stepfather for the remaining time that I was pregnant. I ended up giving birth to my son eight weeks before my due date. I was 31 years old when I had him. He was born prematurely. He weighed 4.8 pounds and needed to stay in the hospital for about three weeks before he was able to come home. Every day, I was up at the hospital taking care of my son, day in and day out. Whole time, I wasn't even completely healed yet. I gave birth to my son in the operating room. My mom and my son's father were there with me the whole time. And I was scared. Lord knows I was scared. I was hemorrhaging inside. And so they had to take my son out. But I still made sure every day after my son was born... We both was admitted into the hospital. I was discharged a few days later, but he stayed for three weeks. And every day I was up at that hospital in ICU. I ended up needing to go back to the hospital because I overdid it. I didn't listen to my body that was telling me to rest. I would have felt guilty. I would have missed a day going to see my son at ICU. But my body shut down and I ended up not being able to go either way. I was stuck in a bed for a few days. So a bit of a advice, ladies, to you new moms. Listen to your body. Because if you don't, it will sit you down one way or another. It sat me down as I'm sitting here thinking about this I started off in the very beginning parenting from guilt I have been feeling guilty about a lot of things as a mother my son's father and I tried to make it work many times even prior to me becoming pregnant and we just couldn't get it right he used to I always say I tried to be his mother. And back then I didn't see it that way. I just wanted him to be a certain kind of man and father. But that wasn't my place to put that kind of pressure on him. We all grow and learn at different times in life. But for me, once I became a mother, everything changed for me. And I expected for his life to change like mine did. But who am I to make that call? Again, this is the very mature, older version of Cherie speaking. Because I didn't feel like this in the beginning. Mind you, my son is nine years old. And that's real. If I'm being honest, I didn't feel like this in the beginning. The first year of my son's life, I lost myself. I wasn't dressing how I used to. Everything I wore was oversized and frumpy. Me and my son's father was always on the outs. It was so hard for us to see eye to eye, but we loved our son and he had it all. My whole life became my son and everyone that knows me can vouch for that till this day. I've gotten a lot better though. You guys will be proud of me. (laughs) I stopped everything for a while. I think I was kind of. Obsessed with my son. For many reasons. Love being the most powerful one though. Once I became a mom. All I ever wanted to do was make sure my son felt loved. And whatever I had to do. It was going to get done with or without help. Luckily. Luckily. My son and I have a wonderful support system from both sides of his family. This is rare, and I know I'm blessed. But it still doesn't take away the fact that I have been a single parent for a long time. And it wasn't easy, and at times it still isn't easy. I have learned a lot about myself being a mother. One being... I find myself, in some instances, trying to overcompensate for the absence of my son's father. Don't get me wrong; he's in my son's life, but you know, our son, dis- our son deserves more. My baby had more things than some grown people had. I took him a lot of places. I exposed him to a lot of things. I had him in a lot of sports. Swimming lessons, tap dancing, you name it, and I would have tried it. I know that all of these things probably wasn't me trying to overcompensate, but I felt like it was at times. I used to be ashamed and upset with myself for many years because some of the choices my son's father made that affected all three of us at times, many times. I took it personal, and I shouldn't have. And since I did... I used to have a lot of resentment towards him the majority of our son's life. And I was wrong for that because it affected me and my parenting in some ways. I just couldn't get over the fact that I waited until I was 31 to have a child and it didn't turn out picture perfect or how I wanted it to. I had so many expectations for my life, and when it didn't go as planned, I blamed myself. I blamed myself for being a single parent. I blamed myself for him allowing me to be a single parent. It was just a blame game. I was so disappointed in myself, and I used to dread it when my son would come home from school and mention stories about kids with their dads And I would just make up a story just to end the conversation so the guilt wouldn't eat me up. The few people that knew how I really felt used to tell me that I was a wonderful mother. And I felt like I was for the most part and still do. But those other days when he was sleeping, I would just cry. Mm. because I felt like a failure. It used to get the best of me. It was so hard for me to wrap my head around the fact that me and my son's father was always, well, at least 90% of the time, on different pages when it came to our son. His choices and decision-making always left a bad taste in my mouth. And sometimes my decision-making left a bad taste in my mouth. And I allowed my feelings towards him sometimes to cloud my judgment. Meaning, I have said some things that I'm not proud of. I have thought about some things that I'm not proud of. at the end of the day people are people and no matter how much you try to overcompensate for things that are out of your control you will never win you have to allow people to be who they are even if you don't agree with their choices I had to come to terms that I'm only responsible for me and my son And all I can do is be the best person and mother that I can be and lead by example and stop blaming myself for other people's actions. Because at the end of the day, my son loves the ground his dad walks on, and I know his father feels the same way about him. And I don't ever want to be the reason for that to ever change. So I had to make a decision. To make peace with some things. And some of the reasons I was able to do that was by having a conversation with my son's father. Letting him know how I really felt. And he told me that it's not my fault. And that I am the best mother he has ever known. But to be honest, and fair, he always says that to me. And I can't take that from him. He has always gave me kudos regarding my parenting. I must say that. Also, another thing that helped me was making a decision to put my son in therapy. You guys know. I'm an advocate for therapy. And that was the best gift that I could have ever given my son. He was struggling with his anger. And I didn't want him to carry that with him into his adult years. So I found him a therapist that looked like him. And that worked with certain children and certain families that reflected our situation. And I'm aware that children may not tell their parents everything for many different reasons, and that's okay. But our job as parents is to make sure that you get your children the help they need in whatever area they need it in. That was one of the best gifts that I could have ever given my son, hands down. And he loves going to therapy. He loves it. And it actually has... Stopped. One of the reasons being (laughs) COVID 19. But I'm going to put him back in it because he loves it. And I have seen a big change in my son's behavior. He always knew how to express himself, and now he expresses himself a whole lot better and I'm proud of him. I'm very proud of him. The moral of this story is I'm grateful that God has worked on me and continues to work on me to make me a better person because I had to learn how to be a parent and I had to learn patience because everyone doesn't arrive at places at the same time as you would like them to. And that's okay. And I am not a perfect parent. Even when I try to be, I'm not perfect and I don't have the right to put certain expectations on people. And I've done that for a lot of years. And when you do that to people, and especially without letting them know, you're putting them in a position to let you down every single time. And that's not fair to them. And it's not fair to you. And this was a very sensitive topic for me to discuss today. I tried to remain honest and respectful of telling my truth today. And I feel like that's what I did. One day, my son will hear this podcast and his feelings are the most important thing to me. Without a doubt, So I had to learn how to take the high route. That was high route, high route. In my Michelle Obama voice. (laughs) And as I sit here and think about how far I've come regarding being a parent. I'm very, very proud of myself. I'm very, very proud of myself. I'm proud of a lot of choices that I continue to make moving forward pertaining to my son. And like I always tell you guys, forgiveness is for you. And I had to learn and continue to learn how to keep forgiving and forgiving and forgiving. Because you're going to have the for forgiveness one day many days and you can't expect someone to forgive you for the things you've done and the things you've said and then don't know how to forgive other people. That's not how life works. And so as I've learned how to take a step back and not judge people, particularly my son's father, I don't have the right to judge him because, you know, a lot of our past and things that we've been through mold us into the people that we are. And being a parent is not easy, but it's something that you have to choose to be every day is an everyday thing even when you tired even when you sad even when you frustrated you have to still be a parent to your children and there's many times that I'm frustrated with life and frustrated with how things are and how things was but I continue to stand in the gaps for mine and be the mother that he deserves and that has allowed me to take a step back and look at the big picture and not be so judgmental because people didn't turn out how I expected them to or don't do the things that I expect them to do. Who oh am I to feel as though I have the right to put those expectations on people? And once I've learned that that's not how you do people, That I no longer do people that way. And again. Single parenting isn't easy. But being a parent. Is one. Of the greatest gifts. That you will ever receive. And I pray that. If this is something that you want to be that you keep praying to God and he will answer your prayers cuz he answered mine he answered mine he took that resentment from my heart when i tell you he took he took that resentment from my heart and i'm so grateful mm. I try not to get emotional, but I'm so grateful he did that. Because now I parent from a clear conscience. And I'm a healthier mother. And I'm a healthier person. Because I learned how to let go of things that's out of my control. And if you guys can understand where I'm coming from, I pray... That you take the necessary, necessary steps to let go of that anger and that resentment towards your child's other parent. It doesn't serve you any good. It's not good for you. It's not good for your child. Because no matter how much you think that they don't see it and they don't notice it, these babies are smart. These babies are smart. And believe it or not, your children could start to treat that other parent differently because of the things you say, the things you don't say, the things you do, the things you don't do. Believe me. I'm telling you what I know. So give that gift to yourself and let go and make room for people to grow allow people to grow it's okay and let go of that shame cuz shame ooh shame will take you down some dark roads and sometimes it's hard to come back from So let that go, dads and moms. You got to let that go. Because we made a choice to have a child or children with each other. And so you should never lose sight of that. I've lost sight of that for a while. And and, um, I'm not proud of that. But I've gotten a whole lot better. And there's always going to be... Room for improvement, and I plan on improving every day. And there's gonna be some times I still get it wrong, but I mean well. Thank you guys so, so much for tuning in to another episode of Journey of Cherie. Make sure you continue to send me questions, I look forward to them. Believe me, I do. So please send them to my email or to my DM on Instagram at journey underscore of Sheree underscore or on Facebook at journey of Sheree, my business page. And as always, take care of yourself and I'll do the same. Cheers. Good evening. Happy Tuesday, everyone. Welcome to Journey of Cherie. This is episode six. I hope you guys are doing well. It's almost Christmas, which will be a joyous time for some. But for others, the holidays will be difficult. I just pray that God gives you the strength to get through it. As many of you may know, last week I did a live Q&A on Facebook. I loved it. Although I got a little bit emotional, but I pulled myself together. It was so fun, so I decided to do it again in a few weeks. But this time, I would do it on Instagram. So maybe, you know, just swap back and forth. So make sure you're following me on all platforms. On Instagram is journey underscore of underscore Cherie. And on Facebook is my Journey of Cherie page. And my email is sm at com. Remember to keep sending me your questions. And on every episode, I will read and answer two of them, like I'm about to do in a few minutes. Also, as always, everything I talk about is from my perspective and my opinion. Not to mention, these are things that I've had, that I have experienced, and I made a decision to share my story with the world, knowing that many people will judge, which doesn't bother me, and many people will listen and understand, and those are the people that I pay attention to. So thank you to everyone either way. Also, as many may already know, I launched my website on Saturday. Yay! Which is called Journey of Sheree. So www.journeyofcheree.com Once you go on my website, at the bottom of the page, you will see the Journey of Sheree logo. And you just click on that and it will take you directly to my podcast where you will be able to listen to all my episodes. Also, in the near future, I will be selling Journey of Cherie merchandise that you will be able to purchase on my website as well. Things like masks, hoodies, shirts, keychains, tumblers, dog tags, and journals. So stay tuned for that. And God willing, I will be done writing my book by the end of next year. Maybe early 22. These days, <laughs> I find myself very busy. But in the midst of all that, I still make time for self. Always make time for yourself, guys. It's so necessary. Self-love. I have another announcement. I booked my first guest for my podcast. Yay! I'm so excited. This woman is a dear friend of mine's. I have known her since I was a little girl. She has a powerful and inspiring story and I'm forever grateful to her for allowing me to interview her. She's a 42-year-old praying and devoted mother of four beautiful children plus a bonus daughter and she is fighting stage 4 cancer. This will be next week's episode which is December the 29th at 6.30. So please tune in. You don't want to miss it. Thank you for agreeing to do this, Jenny from the block. Okay, so now for my two questions. First question. What are you holding on to that you need to let go of? Hmm. I don't know if I'm holding on to anything anymore. But you know what? If I'm going to be completely honest. I let go of a lot of resentment. Towards people. One person in particular, my son's father. And that's a big part Of the reason why I'm able to do this episode. Thank you for that question. I hope I answered it for you. Next question. What are you afraid of? Because it doesn't seem like you're afraid of anything. (laughs) Really? Wow. I would love to know why you think that. If you don't mind. But I'm afraid of a lot of things. One thing in particular, I didn't get my license until I was 27 years old. Because my fear was that I would die in a car accident. And that fear hindered me for a lot of years. That's what fear does to you. So I try my hardest not to let fear control my emotions. Emotions. It ain't easy though. Trust me, it ain't easy. These were really good questions. Thank you guys. Continue to submit your questions via email or Facebook or Instagram. Or if you have my phone number, you could just send that way. I don't mind that way either. I love questions that make me think. So continue to send them. I remember when I found out I was pregnant. I was back home in New York at my favorite white haired ladies, which is my grandmother, her seventy if something, I won't mention her age, but I was at my grandmother's birthday party. You know what they say, never tell a woman's age. <laughs> A lot of my family members ended up sick that weekend. So we went to the hospital and everyone had a stomach virus but me. My ass was seven, excuse me, was 16 weeks pregnant. I couldn't believe it and neither could my family. I never thought that I would have any children for many reasons. One being that I had precancerous cells when I was around 21 or 22 and I needed to have a procedure down there. Another reason being I'm familiar with how abortions work so I never seen children in my future. I remember calling my younger brother and his girlfriend at the time to tell them. They were so happy for me. And then I I also called my son's father. And he was like a kid in a candy store. That made everything in that moment worth it for me. I didn't have a good pregnancy though. I was in and out of the hospital for all different reasons. The first time I was admitted into the hospital was when my son's father and both of our mothers went to find out the sex of our child. Mind you, I was on my lunch break and I never made it back to work until my son was around six weeks old. The doctor told us that I didn't have a long enough cervix to hold a child full term. So if I didn't have emergency procedure to sew my cervix shut, then I will lose my child because I was less than 24 weeks pregnant. So I had the surgery and he told me that it could help me carry my son to nine months or it might only Carry me for another week. They said the goal is to at least get me to 24 weeks. And if I had my son that early, he could have survived, but he would have been disabled. So, of course, the person that I am, I said, Well, I guess I need to do my research on all of these things that you're telling me might be wrong with my son. Because I ain't never scared, (laughs) especially when it comes to how I love my son. So I was out of work on bed rest for the remainder of my pregnancy, which was close to five months. It was a very difficult pregnancy, but I absolutely loved being pregnant, especially because I only gained. Eight pounds. God is good. (laughs) It's something beautiful. About a woman carrying a child. A lot of us have this beautiful glow. I did. I loved it. I would do it all over again. And I plan on doing it all over again one day. My mom... And my stepfather and my son's mom-mom was very supportive during my pregnancy. Me and my son's father lived together for a little while during my pregnancy, but I needed more help. So I moved in with my mom and stepfather for the remaining time that I was pregnant. I ended up giving birth to my son eight weeks before my due date. I was 31 years old when I had him. He was born prematurely. He weighed 4.8 pounds and needed to stay in the hospital for about three weeks before he was able to come home. Every day, I was up at the hospital taking care of my son, day in and day out. Whole time, I wasn't even completely healed yet. I gave birth to my son in the operating room. My mom and my son's father was there with me the whole time. And I was scared. Lord knows I was scared. I was hemorrhaging inside. And so they had to take my son out. But I still made sure every day after my son was born, we both was admitted into the hospital. I was discharged a few days later, but he stayed for three weeks. And every day I was up at the hospital in ICU. I ended up needing to go back to the hospital because I overdid it. I didn't listen to my body that was telling me to rest. I would have felt guilty if I would have missed a day going to see my son at ICU. But my body shut down and I ended up not being able to go either way. I was stuck in a bed for a few days. So a bit of a advice, ladies, to you new moms. Listen to your body. Because if you don't, it will sit you down one way or another. It sat me down. As I'm sitting here thinking about this, I started off in the very beginning parenting from guilt. I have been feeling guilty about a lot of things as a mother. My son's father and I tried to make it work many times, even prior to me becoming pregnant, and we just couldn't get it right. He used to always say I tried to be his mother, and back then I didn't see it that way. I just wanted him to be a certain kind of man and father, but that wasn't my place to put that kind of pressure on him. We all grow And learn at different times in life. But for me. Once I became a mother. Everything changed for me. And I expected for his life to change like mine did. But who am I to make that call? Again. This is the very mature. Older version. Of Cherie speaking. Because I didn't feel like this. In the beginning. Mind you my son is nine years old. And that's real, if I'm being honest. I didn't feel like this in the beginning. The first year of my son's life, I lost myself. I wasn't dressing how I used to. Everything I wore was oversized and frumpy. Me and my son's father was always on the outs. It was so hard for us to see eye to eye, but we loved our son. And he had it all. My whole life became my son and everyone that knows me can vouch for that till this day. I've gotten a lot better though. You guys will be proud of me. (laughs) I stopped everything for a while. I think I was kind of obsessed with my son for many reasons. Love being the most powerful one though. Once I became a mom All I ever wanted to do was make sure my son felt loved. And whatever I had to do, it was going to get done with or without help. Luckily, my son and I have a wonderful support system from both sides of his family. This is rare, and I know I'm blessed. But it still doesn't take away the fact that I have been a single parent for a long time. And it wasn't easy. And at times it still isn't easy. I have learned a lot about myself being a mother. One being, I find myself in some instances trying to overcompensate for the absence of my son's father. Don't get me wrong. He's in my son's life. But, you know, our our son deserves more. My baby had more things than some grown people had. I took him a lot of places. I exposed him to a lot of things. I had him in a lot of sports. Swimming lessons, tap dancing. You name it, and I would have tried it. I know that all of these things probably wasn't me trying to overcompensate, but I felt like it was at times. I used to be ashamed and upset with myself for many years because some of the choices my son's father made that affected all three of us at times, many times. I took it personal, and I shouldn't have. And since I did, I used to have a lot of resentment towards him the majority of our son's life. And I was wrong for that because it affected me and my parenting in some ways. I just couldn't get over the fact that I waited until I was 31 to have a child and it didn't turn out picture perfect or how I wanted it to. I had so many expectations for my life, and when it didn't go as planned, I blamed myself. I blamed myself for being a single parent. I blamed myself for him allowing me to be a single parent. It was just a playing game. I was so disappointed in myself, and I used to dread it when my son would come home from school and mention stories about kids with their dads, and I would just make up a story just to end the conversation so the guilt wouldn't eat me up. The few people that knew how I really felt used to tell me that I was a wonderful mother, and I felt like I was for the most part and still do. But those other days when he was sleeping, I would just cry. Mm. Because I felt like a failure. It used to get the best of me. It was so hard for me to wrap my head around the fact that me and my son's father was always, well at least 90% of the time, on different pages when it came to our son. His choices and decision making always left a bad taste in my mouth. And sometimes my decision-making made a left a bad taste in my mouth. And I allowed my feelings towards him sometimes to cloud my judgment. Meaning, I have said some things that I'm not proud of. I have thought about some things that I'm not proud of. And at the end of the day, people are people. And no matter how much you try to overcompensate for things that are out of your control, you will never win. You have to allow people to be who they are, even if you don't agree with their choices. I had to come to terms that I'm only responsible for me and my son. And all I can do is be the best person and mother that I can be and lead by example and stop blaming myself for other people's actions. Because at the end of the day, my son loves the ground his dad walks on and I know his father feels the same way about him. And I don't ever want to be the reason for that to ever change. So I had to make a decision. To make peace with some things. And some of the reasons I was able to do that was by having a conversation with my son's father. Letting him know how I really felt. And he told me that it's not my fault. And that I am the best mother he has ever known. But to be honest and fair, he always says that to me. And I can't take that from him. He has always gave me kudos regarding my parenting. I must say that. Also, another thing that helped me was making a decision to put my son in therapy. You guys know. I'm a advocate for therapy. And that was the best gift that I could have ever given my son. He was struggling with his anger. And I didn't want him to carry that with him into his adult years. So I found him, a therapist that looked like him. And that worked with certain children and certain families that reflected our situation. And I'm aware that children may not tell their parents everything for many different reasons, and that's okay. But our job as parents is to make sure that you get your children the help they need in whatever area they needed it. That was one of the best gifts that I could have ever given my son, hands down. And he loves going to therapy. He loves it. And it actually has stopped one of the reasons being COVID-19 but I'm going to put him back in it because he loves it and I have seen a big change in my son's behavior he always knew how to express himself and now he expresses himself A whole lot better. And I'm proud of him. I'm very proud of him. The moral of this story is. I'm grateful. That God has worked on me. And continues to work on me. To make me a better person. Because I had to learn how to be a parent. And I had to learn patience because everyone doesn't arrive at places at the same time as you would like them to. And that's okay. And I am not a perfect parent. Even when I try to be, I'm not perfect. And I don't have the right to put certain expectations on people. And I've done that for a lot of years. And when you do that to people, and especially without letting them know, you're putting them in a position to let you down every single time. And that's not fair to them, and it's not fair to you. And this was a very sensitive topic for me to discuss today. I tried to remain honest and respectful of telling my truth today. And I feel like that's what I did. One day, my son will hear this podcast. And his feelings are the most important thing to me. Without a doubt. So I had to learn how to take the high route. That was high route, high route, in my Michelle Obama voice. (laughs) And as I sit here and think about how far I've come regarding being a parent, I'm very, very proud of myself. I'm very, very proud of myself. I'm proud of a lot of choices that I continue to make moving forward. Pertaining to my son. And like I always tell you guys, forgiveness is for you. And I had to learn and continue to learn how to keep forgiving and forgiving and forgiving because you're going to have to ask for forgiveness one day, many days. And you can't expect someone to forgive you for the things you've done and the things you've said. And then don't know how to forgive other people. That's not how life works. And so, as I've learned how to take a step back and not judge People, particularly my son's father, I don't have the right to judge him because, you know, a lot of our past and things that we've been through mold us into the people that we are. And being a parent is not easy, but it's something that you have to choose to be every day. Is an everyday thing. Even when you're tired, even when you're sad, even when you're frustrated. You have to still be a parent to your children. And there's many times that I'm frustrated with life and frustrated with how things are and how things was. But I continue to stand in the gaps for mine and be the mother that he deserves. And that has allowed me to take a step back and look at the big picture and not be so judgmental because people didn't turn out how I expected them to or don't do the things that I expect them to do. Who am I to feel as though I have the right to put those expectations on people? And once I've learned that that's not how you do people, That I no longer do people that way. And again. Single parenting isn't easy. But being a parent. Is one. Of the greatest gifts. That you will ever receive. And I pray that. If this is something that you want to be that you keep praying to God. And he will answer your prayers because he answered mine. He answered mine. He took that resentment from my heart. When I tell you he took he took that resentment from my heart and I'm so grateful. hmm I try not to get emotional, but I'm so grateful he did that. Because now I parent from a clear conscience. And I'm a healthier mother. And I'm a healthier person. Because I've learned how to let go of things that's out of my control. And if you guys can understand where I'm coming from, I pray that you take the necessary, necessary steps to let go of that anger and that resentment towards your child's other parent. It doesn't serve you any good. It's not good for you. It's not good for your child. Because no matter how much you think that they don't see it and they don't notice it, these babies are smart. These babies are smart. And believe it or not, your children could start to treat that other parent differently because of the things you say, the things you don't say, the things you do, the things you don't do. Believe me, I'm telling you what I know. So give that gift to yourself. And let go. And make room. For people to grow. Allow people to grow. It's okay. And let go of that shame. Because shame. Ooh, shame would take you down. Some dark roads. And sometimes. It's hard to come back from. So let that go. Dads and moms, you got to let that go. Because we made a choice to have a child or children with each other. And so you should never lose sight of that. I've lost sight of that for a while. And, I'll, and um, I'm and i not proud of that. But I've gotten a whole lot better. And there's always going to be room for improvement, and I plan on improving every day. And there's going to be some times I still get it wrong, but I mean well. Thank you guys so, so much for tuning in to another episode of Journey of Cherie. Make sure you continue to send me questions. I look forward to them. Believe me, I do. So please send them to my email or to my DM on Instagram at journey underscore of Cherie underscore or on Facebook at journey of sheree, my business page. And as always, take care of yourself and I'll do the same. Cheers.